podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to AI Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your step-in host of Guy Drinkle. Shree's going to be uh, the permanent host, but unfortunately he got dragged into work just before we were about to record this, so it's just me for this week. Um, I'll I'll still be probably in guest rotation, but I think Shree's going to be the host from uh, in the usual circumstances. But it's me. But uh, we'll crack on with the pod, and I'm joined by one of the regulars from last season. How are you doing, Simon? Pretty good, yeah. Not bad. Thanks for having me on again. All right, it's good to be back, isn't it, after our half-season break? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the winter break True. went on for a little bit too long. Yeah, that, that winter and spring and summer <laughs> <laughs> uh, break. And uh, I think we have a debutant. I must, it must be a debutant to the fantasy pod. Adam Petruccio, how are you doing? How's it going, guys? Did I butcher your second name? <laughs> Not at all. I, I, I take uh, any pronunciation as fun. I'm, ta- I'm taking that as a victory, then. <laughs> for, it, it's, a, it's a fun game for me. For the listeners out there, if my uh, my full name is my screen name, so if you can find me out there, you'll win a prize. Yeah, that's, it's literally it's literally like Pictionary. <laughs> it might as well be for me. <laughs> oh, but we'll crack up with the, with the uh, fantasy football stuff. So, Simon, I'm going to start with you. I mean... Only one way to introduce a fantasy football podcast, and that's go for your team, really. Okay, well, my team is up and down at the moment, but right now I'm uh, my probably my fifty millionth draft. Um, so working from the back, I have a uh, Patricio in Nets uh, plays at Wolves mm-hmm. now, and then I'm going to just pair him with any four million I haven't picked yet. I don't, I don't think there's any that will actually I, start. I, I just put his backup goalkeeper in. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what I do as well. Um, I'm just waiting to see. I think I heard someone say Hammer could possibly get first pick, but I don't know where I heard that or if there's any actual truth to it. But um, yeah, it's not really that important. I think having the backup party is better, just if there's any yeah. injuries. And then at the back, I've gone for Mendy, Robertson, Peltier, one Bazaka, so that's two four million options there, which is a little bit risky. And then a four point five, who I'm not a hundred percent sure, maybe someone from Watford, or I might risk it on Schlupa Palace, who's been kind of who's been out on the wing in preseason. But I don't know if I can take a risk when I've already got two four million defenders. So that's definitely an area I need to look at. It's a little risky and light that, at the back. The double palace defense is uh oh, yeah. it's really good. <laughs> it doesn't fill me with confidence so <laughs> uh, and then midfield is I got Mosala, Mane, Mares, um Yota, I think is that how you pronounce yeah, his name? The we'll, Wolves, we'll, yeah. We'll go with a that. silent <laughs> J. And at the moment then I've got a four point five million spot being filled by Hudson Odai at Chelsea, mm. who's playing Hazard's role at the moment. Now, that's just a little, he might get the first week or two, and I'm hoping that he 
puts a few points on the boards and may, maybe makes me a little bit of money. But most of the time, I wouldn't my I wouldn't even have my four point five player on the pitch anyway. But so he's a possibility because there's not really much else around that price bracket really at all. Um, and then up front, I have Aguero, Arnautovic, and King. Not too shabby, not too shabby. What formation are you mm-hmm. thinking about playing? Three four three mainly. Um, yeah, I think, and then possibly looking at maybe even rotating King in uh, if that guy Hudson looks like he might get a few mm-hmm. matches. I might play him ahead of King once or twice until he makes way for Eden Hazard. Unless he can keep Hazard out of the Chelsea team, who knows? <laughs> well, he might get put on the other wing. But we'll, we'll come back to your team in a sec, Simon. We'll discuss it a bit more. But Adam, do you want to go for your team? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so starting from the back, I'm going with Ederson. Uh, just going with the premium goalkeeper mm-hmm. uh, for, for this season. And then I've heard that uh, Button might start. Uh for, he's the Brighton should be back up, but uh, he might get the first couple of weeks. So uh, again, doesn't really matter. But I've got him in there for for backup if uh, if there's some kind of calamity with others. Um, and then my back line, I have Alderweireld, uh, Mendy, Juan Bissaka, and Tarkowski, and I have Peltier on the bench. And then on the midfield, I have Salah, Mane, Pedro, and Sane. Uh, and then I have Hudson as well as the as my fifth midfielder on the bench, and then I have Zaha and Aubameyang up front, and Coiner from uh, Huddersfield for Huddersfield Town. <laughs> again, again, doesn't that's matter. Good, he's, that's he's, how he's good never. He is. <laughs> I'm I'm super super confident in the points that I'm going to get from Coiner. Um, no, he's never going to be on the pitch. Uh, you know, I could have put. Kamara or like any of the other 4.5 options on there. I don't think any of them are going to uh, factor into my team. I, I ran something similar last season, um, and uh, yeah, my third striker never saw the field. Really. Mm. So, so you're playing a 3-5-2, I mean, and you're playing a 3-4-3 at the moment, Simon. I know you're going to change it another million times before the actual uh, Friday deadline. That's a Friday deadline, people. Is a, that's when it kicks off, just a gentle reminder there. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about formation. This is this is Shree's agenda, so I'm just I'm just copying this here, people. But um, I think the 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 most successful strategy going off the person who won it. I think he was said to uh, pack the midfield and, and invest heavily in there. So Adam, you're you're the one with a three-five-two, which means obviously you're putting more in midfield rather than up front. So. Do you think that's the right strategy? Obviously, you're doing that. Do you think packing midfield over having pretty much two and a half premium strikers is the way to do it? Well, here's the thing, right? Aguero, <laughs> Aguero, Aguero throws a wrench into everything like he always does, right? He's been sort of like the bane of my existence uh, through the last, you know, five six years that I've done this. Um, <laughs> you know, if if I'm forced to bring him in and that totally changes everything. You know, certainly I've, I've seen after the community shield, after how Aguero looked there, a lot of people are going with Aubameyang and Aguero. And then that sort of makes it so you have, have to have a pretty skimpy midfield, but I'm just, 
you know, as it stands right now, I'm not going to get sucked into that. Whenever I have Aguero, he gets injured or gets taken out by Pep for, for Jesus for some reason. Um, and when I don't have him, he scores five goals. So I'm just going to try and stay away from it. That. <laughs> that means put Aguero but, in the team for the first but yeah, But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like uh, being able to sort of swap out uh, the sort of low-end players like Juan Basaka and uh, Hudson from Chelsea as, as to either go with five midfielders or a back four, um, depending on matchups for the first couple of weeks, mm. is uh, is going to work for me. And then, you know, just the the scoring that I hope that I'll get from Salah, Mane, Pedro, and Sané should outweigh what I could get if I if I had three up front. So, mm. uh, so that's the gamble that I'm going with at this point. You know, I I, I hope that I'll get added. Uh, you know, obviously I'm going with two pretty premium players in the back line in terms of Alderweireld and and Mendy. So, uh, you know, I hope I get a lot of scoring from them as well. I I've thought about I, I could downgrade Alderweireld to like Shaw for the first couple of weeks and then because yeah, ultimately, just you know, listen, we're all Liverpool fans here, and I think both Lovren and Trent are good value in the back line. So I, as soon as they're back. I'm sort of like holding a spot for them as well. Mm. Well, interestingly, obviously mentioned Toby there, and you, do you think he'll? Uh, obviously, you're rumored to go to Man U and stuff like that as well. But do you think he'll be ready for the first game, or is he just you just kind of put him in, in 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 anticipation of the big move to Man United? Yeah, I'm anticipating that he'll go to United, and I don't know the way that the way that Jose has been complaining. I can't imagine that he would buy a 60 million defender and then not play him. So. That's my that's my assumption at the minute, and uh, obviously we'll see how it goes this week. Mm-hmm. So Simon, coming to you, you're obviously playing three four three, invested a bit more heavy in in the front line. Um, do you think that do you think that's the way to go? I mean, some 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 years you get bargains like well Josh King, I think he was a midfielder at the time two year ago, mm-hmm. but sometimes you get those cheap strikers who are, who are a bit of a bargain. Um, but do you, do you think going a bit more heavy in the uh, in the front lines the way to go this year? Well, I've kind of gone like I've kind of gone quite strange. I am doing a three four three, but I've I've still kind of packed the midfield. I mean, I've got three premium midf- midfielders, and then up top I've kind of got one, and then um and and then our and King, who are kind of like those mid price things. So, so I've kind of gone for a bit of a weird three four three. I had thought about someone like um Yang as well but I just found that um I just think there's better premium mid midfielder so I've kind of got a weird packed midfield 343 um but I was thinking about 352 as well like Adam has but um mm. I just the fact that there's no one at 4.5 up front who is going to even play it just put me off a little bit Having a person on the bench who I knew wasn't would never minor, pick minor up any points, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to my, you know, as opposed to my hazard option at four point five, which seems way more secure. <laughs> but, so I, I could, I, I'm, I'm not like even though I've got three up front, I still I haven't spent that much up front, and I think there is definitely better value in the mid in the midfield. This year, and especially we've there's a few people that aren't back yet, like uh, 
Sterling and Hazard as well, yeah. Hazard and so it's kinda in a way I'd prefer to be able to move on to them people where up front there's not really too many huge options. Like there's only two or three that I'd really want at the moment. And Arsenal are kind of I kinda of wanna wait and see and their fixtures take a nice turn um about two or three weeks in. So I'm happy to wait on them. Mm. And then mm, there's not really too many other premium forwards that are screaming out to me at the moment. Um, yeah, for, forwards is a bit of a weird one, especially with Kane. Yeah. Kane's normally a... Oh, yeah. Kane's Kane, normally yeah. kind of... Yeah, he's normally 50% owned, isn't he? And I imagine... I'm not, I haven't really looked at it, but I imagine people will have doubts about him for two reasons. The August curse, which every year it's his years to break it, but he doesn't break it. But also, he's late back to pre-season. I'm not sure what Tottenham's pre-season's like, or if he's back yet. Yeah. But, I mean, we're, we're less than a week out. So, he, he can't be that ready, but I think Harry Kane is one of the types to pretty much just come rush back and play. So, he might be an option after he the first He is actually quite... Um, yeah. He is actually owned by 32% of people. Jesus. That's a big gamble, that. <laughs> yeah. He's actually probably like... He's actually the third most owned person which is crazy i just think that's i think that's just people who've picked them though and they don't really think about the world cup true what were you gonna say there you know yeah i was just gonna say you know with the forwards the thing that's nice this year just sort of a fluke in terms of the pricing is that Aubameyang, aguero and lukaku are all at 11 so if you know if one of them goes off and and week one, then uh, it's easy to sort of switch between. Uh, although Lukaku's not going to play, so it's not going to be him. But if <laughs> if I have to pull the emergency cord on Aguero, then I should be able to do that after uh, after the games are played. True. Whereas whereas like when they're all different, when they're all different prices, then it's sometimes it's like you have to shuffle your whole team around to be able to accommodate one. Mm. Absolutely, but um. Whilst, whilst we're talking about packing the midfield and stuff like that, there is a, a kind of a debate going on about, and I'll, I'll start with you, Adam, on this one. Obviously, most Salah is the uh, most expensive player in the game, costing thirteen million, which is obviously a huge part of your budget. But are you kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't? Because if you have him, you're not getting points on anyone other than the people who don't have him. And if you don't have him, and he does bugger all, you got an advantage. But if he does something, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah, yeah. The game with Salah is going to be: do you captain him every week, or you know, can you can you figure out the individual matches where you don't need to captain him? It's it's not a question of do you have him or not. If you don't have him, I think you're going to fall away from the pack. Uh, yeah. So so I think I think he's a must. Um, you know, I don't know which which other players that you guys think are sort of must-haves, but uh, he's definitely he's definitely one of them. Yeah, it's a weird one. I mean, Simon, what what are your thoughts on Salah? I mean, would would you consider a team without him? I I tried it, but then I just figured that kind of for the first few weeks, I don't think it's the place to take the risk. Personally, I think you're better trying to not trying to hold out with the pack and pick the same team that most people have. But I think a player like him, I think you're better just kind of, I think you're better ha- having him in your team for a few weeks and he's, and then if things don't 
work out. He's very, it's very, you know, there's you can basically buy any other midfielder that you want. Whereas if he was mm. to do well, he could be like he might be, be up by point by point four, and you're going to find it very very hard then to buy him. And then you kind of have that thing where you're waiting them out, and he's just going to bang them in. So for me, I'm personally going to put the armband on him. I think for the first three or four weeks probably yeah I am. and just kind of go and just go all in on the on the mo train and hopefully i mean he's he's looked on form and i know like you can't really take too much from preseason, but he's he looks fit he looks like he's you know like he kind of has a bit of a kind of a point to prove i think with the new people we have in midfield as well should get more and more uh, chances than he did last year, even so. Mm. I mean, yeah, I can. I think he'll score. But he probably won't score as as much as he did last season. But I'd say he'll probably still get at least like twenty odd goals overall, which is definitely worth thirteen in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Andy's an assist machine. I'm. I'm just. I'm just mm. far. Uh... Our fixtures and his uh, his detail thing. He's owned by fifty two percent of of uh, players. So yeah, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, I was just looking at that too. Yeah. I bet you, I, I bet that number will rise before the uh, before the cutoff as well. And then I don't know. I don't, I don't think I don't think there's going to be a, you know a huge jump in that percentage after the after the season actually starts. So that uh, so that you're going to see him jump too much higher than thirteen. But uh, mm. Even if he went to 13.1, that could sort of cause a lot of problems and like shuffling your team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at the fixtures as well. We've got West Ham at home. Obviously, they've bought well. It's hard to tell if they've bought well, but they've got bought well on paper, shall we say? So that might be a tough game. But then Crystal Palace, Brighton, Leicester, and then Spurs. Uh, that's our first five games. So you could probably captain more for the first four games, and well. Us versus Spurs is never a nil-nil, is it? Let's be honest. So <laughs> you've probably got the first five games to is guaranteed that he's a captain contender. So I think keeping more is probably the safest bet and probably the best bet with considering our opening fixtures. I know that, there was, did you see that study thing where it said we had the toughest opening ten fixtures or something like that? Just, the first four don't seem too bad. I heard about that, but I don't really. I don't think so. Really, I mean, Spurs yeah. away and. Chelsea away are the only two ones that I actually think that well, are in, particularly in tough, the, you know? It might be, I, I imagine it's propped up because in the first 10 we have Man City, Chelsea and Spurs, I suppose. Maybe people have just avoided that, so it's not what's too bad, uh, is it? What's the latest on Spurs with that stadium? Are they going to be actually ready for the Liverpool match? Because I've heard that it's yeah, in doubt I'm, a little bit at this I'm, point. I've heard that. It's, it's, a, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because, well, the one that I think they're making uh, special arrangements to play the first two or three games at Wembley, the home game. So, hmm, they may, may be doing another season at Wembley. Fortunately, Chelsea don't need it like it was meant to be, did they? But no, it's a weird one with Spurs. But, um, well, I mean, it's not on the agenda, but whilst we're talking about Spurs, I mean, they've not signed anyone. There's Kane coming back late, Deli Ali coming back late. Is, is there anyone that ownable from Spurs at the minute? 
Not for me. I, I don't. I don't have them. Um, I don't have any other players except for Elderveld, and I, I think that's because that's only because I think he's going to United. So, <laughs> so, so I'm I'm, yeah. I'm avoiding them altogether at this point. They don't look fantastic, and uh, did they just get beat four one the other day? Uh, so, yeah. so they don't look great, and they they got the issues with their stadium. So, yeah. uh, I want to see it to believe it. The only one I was considering was Son, but there's that stuff about the Asia game, so I'm not. I have no idea if he's actually played in August and September or not. So I've just kind of stuck clear of him, and I think Trippier, will, Trippier and Ben Davies will probably come an option later on. Uh, he has, yeah. He has the Asia games and then like the Asia Cup or something, something in something January. Like yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. So it's a it's a weird one with Son, but I don't think Deli Ali's back and Ericsson, well. If he's going to be passing to Laurenti, maybe not. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, Simon, is there anyone from Spurs you've considered? Ericsson's the only one that I thought about, but I mean, he's the type of person that you kind of have to buy him, and and he's he's the type of person that you buy and you don't take him, you don't take him out of your team. Mm. Uh, you know, there might be a month where he's he gets like a few points here and there, but he's kind of, he's one of those type of people. But I just think that. 9.5. There's, there's way, there's way too many other options that I think are a little bit better for the first few weeks, and then if they kind of don't look the best, you can always move on to Ericsson once they kind of have their full team back. But I just think Spurs have too many issues at the moment with World Cup and people out, and and they don't have great fixtures. Like their fixtures are very mixed. So I mean. It's a few, I think, they've, they've kind of got Brighton away, uh, they've got Brighton away, Huddersfield away, Cardiff at home in a, in, a, in a few weeks' time, so I'd probably look to bring this person in about that time. Mm. But the opening fixtures are just such a mixed bag that I think I'm going to wait and see with Spurs, personally. So, is that good? Game week six on Game week six, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice so, little three that's a good fixtures pocket there. there, isn't it? Yeah, that's a mm. nice pocket. Even afterwards, I mean, even, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's decent. That so maybe Spurs is going to be the late bloomer team. Maybe September. There is people talking about that early wild card strategy. I mean, we're not going to won't talk about that, but maybe that's the time to bring in your hazards and your your Spurs players. Is uh, is um early slash mid uh, September so that might be a might be a tactic right there but uh, we'll we'll move on to the next point I mean midfield we've obviously talked about it a little bit and we talked about stacking the midfield but um, everyone loves a bargain don't they lads everyone loves a bargain <laughs> so we're, we're going to discuss some bar- some bargain midfielders and um, I've set a price range of under 7 mil so 6.5 is your max who, who do you want to highlight I'll start with you Simon yeah, well, I currently have in my team, um, Yota at Wolves. He's, he seems like he's a very, he's very attack minded. He scored, what was it, about 15 or so last season. Um, I think he plays in the, are they play 4 3 3? I think where he plays back, I think. How do they? I think three, so. four, three. Yeah, I don't know too much about them, but I, I think he plays fairly advanced. Um, under seven, then who else was I looking at? Gross, 
Grub, or however you want to say his name. He's seven, I think. I think. He ticked over quite... Oh, yeah, he is, he's seven. Sorry, he went up. Yeah, yeah. Sherla is a mm, got risky... It, yeah. Yeah, got it, yeah. He's such, like, a flare pick, but I think he has the potential to certainly do quite well. Um, a couple of... Yeah, I I haven't looked around that I've, area too I've much that I've got mad about. It. Yeah. Interesting. Juan Mata for 6.5 mil. If if he starts, he could become a good pick quite early on. Yeah, I was thinking about him, actually. Is he going to be picked now? Is as as is, is he first pick? <laughs> I'm not sure. Or do we know? I don't know. But with, Ma- <laughs> with Martial pretty much in limbo, Rashford's back late. I mean, F- Fellaini's back late. Oh, God, I just compared Juan Mata to Fellaini. So they've got a few people coming back late now. Obviously, he played against us, so he's had a good amount of pre-season. Uh, yeah. So he might be an option. I mean, Adam, I'll come to you, and I know who you're going to bring up because you don't shut up about him. Ryan Sessegnon, <laughs> is he your bargain? Is he your bargain midfielder? Uh, well, he'd be a bargain for for Liverpool, so they should buy him. But uh, I have I haven't bought him in, in my team. You know, Pedro. Uh, He's he's given me a little bit of a worry as, in terms of how Chelsea looked the other night, but um, I'm going to stick with him for now. Uh, Sassignon is definitely an option, but you know you get the, in- inconsistency, the inconsistency when you go with these type of players from uh, uh, from sort of the lower uh, reaches of the table. So uh, I you know listen, he put up a ton of he put up huge numbers in the championship, so it's very possible you know being a year older. As a teenager, he could he could duplicate the same thing in the Premier League, but um, I want to see it for a couple of games <laughs> before before I take that leap. I'm gonna stick with uh, with Pedro for now, but um, yeah, I think also in that range is the players that are interesting for me. I'm curious to see uh, if Mkhitaryan gets a consistent role with with Arsenal or if they put Ramsey in that spot or something. Um, and then uh, Anderson for West Ham. I think once once their fixtures level out a little bit after the first uh, three four weeks, mm. I'm sort of targeting him. I think he's going to be really strong for West Ham. How, how um, much is he? Seven. Seven. Okay. So if they end up being a counter-attacking team. He could be huge. So uh, yeah, yeah, very so, good point. So let's see how they get through the first couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I'm just having a quick glance through the uh, 6.5s and below and. Um, He's kind of, he was quite a must own towards the start of last season, as was a couple Watford players, but Abdullah Decore is now six mil, I think he was a bit cheaper last season, but he got, uh, 130, 136 points last year, got seven goals, four assists, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be the same bargain he was last season, because, I have actually got some worries about Watford staying in the league this year, but I think Decore might be a again a good a good pick up on the cheap or getting cheapish because everyone seems to be getting um, more expensive year on year. But it, I'm not sure what the situation with his with him is. But Adamola Adamola Luckman from Everton, um, I don't think he's gone yet because obviously he's still in the game and stuff like that, but. I mean, if he starts Reverton, he's going to become hot property quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah, and another player like that, James Madison for Leicester. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I know he had that knee injury, and I don't know how uh, recovered he is from that. So he's another one to sort of just put on the on your watch list. But I think, um, you know, if we're talking about Sessegnon, he put up very similar numbers in the championship last year. And he's then got you've got seventy five percent chance of playing, according to this. He's got a yellow <laughs> right. He's got a yellow right. triangle of death. And then, and then you got Mares coming out of that spot. So, um, you know, he's sort of like a long range merchant for, for, uh, Nor- Norwich. Uh, so he could be a good one as well. And he's 6.5. Absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. he looks interesting actually. Yeah. I was kind of having a, a quite torn between, between him and, um, you, you, just such a weird way to say his name. He, he, uh, Yada at the moment. They seem like they're, they've kind of, I think they've put up about the same amount of numbers last year. They both seem like they're kind of like the main men in midfield for both their teams as well. And yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of options there actually. Is anyone interesting tempted, price range. Is anyone tempted by the Jezebel that is Damari Gray every season? <laughs> oh God, he did so well in preseason again. It's just <laughs> such a tease. Every year, think you I think about it. it. He's gonna, yeah. he's, this is his year. He's gonna take over from Mark Albright and now Mares, oh, and he's gonna play. And then he plays about ten games and does bugger all. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's a weird one, Molester, because I think they're getting someone called. I'm gonna. I don't know how you pronounce it, but Gazelle or something. Gazelle. Something yeah, like they just bought a person actually, so, which probably means that he won't play much then. Yeah, so it might I presume Demari Gray might be. Maybe play the first few games, but he might be getting replaced quite soonish. So maybe he's just, just, just tempting if anything. But may, maybe if he gets on a run or something like that. But yeah, I mean, is there any other names that have popped out of you whilst you've been looking? Anyone really bargaining? I mean, Brooks for Bournemouth. He, I think they've spent fifteen odd million on him, so he might be a starter. But well, they spent fifteen mil on Jordan Ibony. He's done bugger all. Yeah, I've I've actually is probably one of the better people in that like really low range and like he's five five point five I think right. Townsend, the ultimate the ultimate crosser. He's he's good in draft. I mean, he, he's good in draft. Yeah, Goodmanson at Burnley. Mm, he's normally good. Players like him, yeah, he did quite well last. Like he got picked up. Quite a few ah, that, assists what, last season. That's what I've literally got him on my table. I didn't think of him. I've got Kennedy from Newcastle. Yeah, I, th- he's an I think the lowest, really. I think the lowest priced option of somebody who's actually an attacking player is probably Carney from Fulham. Mm. Um, is he you know, five? So, is he five? He's a five. five. He's five. Yeah. You know, so depending on, five, depending on how they look, yeah. Yeah, there's not many four point fives I can think of unless Masawaka gets in the team. But he's, yeah. But he was playing left wing back last season. <laughs> he's a little bit, yeah. I don't think it's a great option. Yeah, there's not really anyone at that price range apart from um the guy at Watford. What's his name? Chalaba. Uh, if he ever comes back, he's an interesting pick. Yeah, I think if you want just pretty much consistent game minutes, like your twos and your threes, he might be an option um, for for cheap because he'll he well he was him and um, Decorio were forming quite a nice partnership before he got injured last year, so he might be yeah. an interesting one. But uh, we'll move on from the bargains and um, 
We'll just take a quick ad break and let you listen to uh, Jan Mulby. <laughs> um, we'll be back in a minute. Hi, Jan. How are you? Um, is everything okay? Yeah, absolutely, Gags. Everything is fine. But you know what? I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro. Is that so? Yes, absolutely, and we've got your weekly show, Moby on the Spot, the popular stat show, Under Pressure. Post-match Raw is now back, and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever. Go on then, Gags. How cheap is that? Get this, mate, get this. It's absolutely free for seven days, and then only $39.99 for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at AmphilIndexPro.com. I have to say, Gax, that is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Rushy about this offer. <laughs> Thanks. Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS, you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan? And welcome back to the AI Fantasy Pod. I'm still your host, Guy Drinkle, and we're going to crack on with the rest of the show. Um... So, Adam, coming to you, I mean, we kind of went through everyone's team and you talked about Aguero um, pretty much possibly changing your mind and stuff like that. But at the minute, it seems to be Aguero versus Bamiyang, doesn't it? Because I think they're both 11 million. And um, everyone has question marks about Aguero pretty much since Pep Guardiola came in because he's not meant to be a, a Pep player and stuff like that. But he was still one of the top scorers in the Premier League last season. Um, but there is always that. There's always that Gabby Jesus question mark behind him. Whereas with Aubameyang, he seems to be the number one guy. I know. I know they've got a different manager now, so it might be different. But what? What? Who? Who? Who are you backing in this fight then? For me, Aubameyang was a monster when he came to Arsenal last year. Um, so I'm going to stick with him. Uh, you know, uh, if the detractors for Aubameyang would say that maybe he's going to play on the left side, well, I mean, look at the goals that, that uh, Salah puts up from the right side. So I'm not too concerned about that. He looks like a monster in the preseason. So, you know, all signs all signs are good as far as that goes. If he, if Lacazette starts, he's going to start alongside him. They're saying you know, Lacazette would be their penalty taker, so that would be like the only negative is that um, maybe you'd lose some points that way. But uh, you know, in terms of just reliability, he obviously beats out Aguero. Yeah, I mean, as soon as uh, Jesus, uh, as soon as there's a resurrection of Jesus, uh, <laughs> then then who knows what happens to Aguero? Does he get taken out of the team completely? Is he coming on as a sub? Um, it's you know it, with Pep you just don't even know. I mean he could you could have Aguero score a hat trick, and then Pep could take him out of the lineup the next week. So that's really there's nothing there's nothing to go by as far as that goes, and that's just not a super secure uh, feeling for me when when you're spending 11 million on a player like that. So yeah, for me, uh, for good or for bad, I'm gonna stick with Aubameyang, and uh, we'll see where that gets me. Yeah, just for a bit of context on you saying that he's a monster. Um, he played 1,056 minutes last season for Arsenal, got 87 points, 10 goals scored and 4 assists. So yeah, that's pretty decent, considering it was an Arsenal team that 
was pretty much struggling for the second half of last season. I mean, I can't even remember if they did get an away win eventually, but they weren't doing well. Um, <laughs> but um, Simon, what, what's your take on us on Aguero versus Aubameyang? Um, Aguero for me is probably the best fancy football player when he's fit. So when he's fit, I pretty much he'd pretty much always be in my team. I just think he he scores. He just scores for fun, and even when he even when he comes off the bench, he tends to he tends to do quite well. Um, Pep did talk about three five two. I don't know how much truth there is to this, but he did mention it with Mendy being back. I think the fact that he missed a lot of last year meant that they probably didn't want to rely on Delft being a left wing back. Um, as much so, we could see him try Aguero and Jesus, and Jesus up top, possibly. Um, we saw it a little bit last year, but he tended to kind of bounce back and forth between the two. So it is a risk, and obviously the best thing about Obama Yang is he's pretty much as nailed on as you can, as, as you can be. And the fact he's on the left wing, as mentioned, um, so I don't think it's really that important. I think he's going to be He'll move over into the middle anyway. I just think that Arsenal, I just don't like their team as much. I'm with a new manager and I want to just wait and see how they do. So personally, I'm going to go in with, with Aguero from the, from the, for the first few matches. And then, um, if it looks like he's not going to be playing most of the matches, I might move him on. But, um, I'd expect him to outscore. Obama Yang until he gets his inevitable injury, which who knows how long that'll mm. be. Probably about probably about three weeks or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, he doesn't normally pick up a knock, and I'm, I'm looking at his mm. minutes played from from uh, last season. Obviously, Jesus has added competition, but he's in the last three years he's went from 2,300, 2,400, and, and last season was. Uh, just under two thousand, so it is kind of going down. But I mean, <laughs> you just see, just look to look at his goals column, and he's scored, I'm having a look yeah, at it now, scored yeah, twenty insane. goals <laughs> for four years straight. So yeah, yeah. he's pretty, uh, he's all right at football, isn't he? <laughs> so but for context, <laughs> yeah, for context last as well. season, for context last season, he got one thousand nine hundred sixty minutes, got one hundred sixty nine points, and twenty one goals, and six assists. It's It'll be an interesting one because you can't really just double Aubameyang's numbers, can you? Because it's a it's a whole new thing for him. Whereas maybe you look at Aguero underscore, that's pretty safe numbers right there. But um, Simon, did you look at his fixtures? Because those things are a thing of beauty. Oh my god! Yeah, so it's the best. Like you can't. I, <laughs> I didn't like. Know I mean, <laughs> apart from the no, well, apart from the first match, but arguably Arsenal. I mean. We just don't know with them, so I wouldn't say it's a particularly easy match, but yeah, like, they do like to play, so you'd expect that to be quite, uh, like, that might be a bit of a fairly Mm. high scoring match, but after that, like, they've got a run that's just, you couldn't ask for a better run, really. Mm. Um, It's just insane. Huddersfield at home, which is pretty much the perfect game. (laughs) Wolves away, they'll obviously be new to the league. Newcastle at home. They're in turmoil. Fulham at home, Cardiff away, Brighton at home, and then it's Liverpool. So that is one, two, three. Well, that is six games. That is just pretty much perfect of a run. And that's Manchester <laughs> City, who probably have the scariest team 
Yeah. With Liverpool. I mean, yeah. like, we're going to have to say with Liverpool, sh- aren't we? But it's yeah. so scary. But I mean, like, I just think if you pick up two or three attacking options, even if they get benched twice in that, in them fixtures, it's still pretty positive. You know, I mean, it's still not that bad. You wouldn't mind if they missed one or two of those and maybe came off the bench, but it's just so hard. I mean, there's not really, there's no one who's really nailed on in that team. Yeah. Simon, what do, you, possibly. Yeah. what do you think about, you know, you deal with this with both City and Liverpool, where you kind of, there's going to be some must-haves at different levels of the team, right? And so, yeah. if you if you go with Aguero, then you you can't have Ederson, really. I mean, it's going to take away the possibility of having one of Ederson, Mendy, or Sané. Does that go into your like thinking at all or do you just well i have one i like i right now i i, I have one in each different spot so i have aguero Mares, and mendy so that should be pretty flexible to hop on another one but i know what you mean though that it, it's a bit of a risk i'm thinking of not putting i'm thinking of leaving Mares out but um Right, like for I me, feel like I need to have three. I just feel I'm, like with those fixtures, you know, I don't really care who they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, for my for my situation, if I was to switch from Aubameyang to Aguero, I would have to get rid of Ederson. I would probably I would probably put Allison in there. Yeah. Um, so interesting, you know, because obviously with Mendy and Ederson, I'm also looking at the fixtures and thinking that they're probably going to rack up a lot of clean sheets as well. Well, um, <laughs> it's a tough one. The other interesting thing is Aubameyang and Aguero, they're both sitting at almost the same ownership right now, 22% and 20%. So, you know, lots riding on this first match to see uh, yeah. to see where people move, right? I mean, if everybody, fingers. If everybody jumps on Aguero, uh, it could be painful for me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'd like to fit them both up top, but I've I've tried and it's just impossible. Like it just completely, just absolutely ruins your midfield. You know, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. having all three is just too hard. Absolutely, absolutely. I I mean, you'd literally be rocking up with like a four million defense, wouldn't you? (laughs) So you can. You probably have to play like a like some sort of a four. You could probably do it with like a four-three-three though, Mm. and just have like your have your uh, triple Crystal Palace defense or something, <laughs> <laughs> and penalty yeah, every week. <laughs> if you get to the international break and all those six point five guys that we're talking about start to hit, you yeah. know that, that may be a wild card, and you could switch your team around, and then it works. But uh, yeah, right now, I mean, the fact, the thing that's got me is that Sadio Mane is on. He looks as if he's on penalties for Liverpool, and if that's the case. <laughs> he's going to be huge as well. So I can't see not having him in my squad and, and Sané not going to the World Cup. I mean, he yeah, was... Yeah, I've got Sané for that reason as well. <laughs> so those are... And as far as the midfield goes, Salamane and Sané, I think... I mean, they're like almost undroppable until I see them do something that's worthy of dropping them. You know, so I don't really trust uh, Alexis from... From United, he just does not look great in the preseason. So unless he's just he jogging through the pace, he hasn't looked good since he's been at Man United. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. Exactly. So <laughs> I don't know how much he's 
he's ten point five as well. So yeah, it's exactly. such a it's not a it's a pretty kind of it's a very awkward price because there's no one. I don't know is is there is he the only ten five or is Hazard's probably yeah. actually that isn't he? Hazard is ten point five as well. Yeah, Hazard I think is a much better option. Yeah, once well, I think once Chelsea once he's back Sarri's, and, until he um, until he gets uh, Santa Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. I mean, it's and weird. It's weird. You've, my, got, you've got oh, De Bruyne. You've got De Bruyne for ten mil, and I, I wouldn't have Sanchez or Hazard over De Bruyne. De Bruyne a ten is a bargain, I think. Yeah, once he comes back. Yeah, I mean, he's owned by twenty eight point three percent of people. So I mean, and I did see a picture that he, him and. Sterling are back in training. I don't think they're going to play to fair, Walker the first played, week, are they? Walker played straight away in the community field, didn't he? That's true, actually. <laughs> the man, the man. I mean, are we are we all kind of overlooking him a little bit, or I do we think that he'll think be playing very deep again? If you, because if you if you have if you have Salah and De Bruyne, your midfield bench is going to be shit. <laughs> So yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd probably avoid it for a little bit. But, well, they've got Arsenal it, first. They've got Arsenal first anyway, it, haven't you? So you can always change the week after. Right. Yeah, true. Yeah. It always feels weird for me to have De Bruyne on my team because when you actually watch him, he's playing from so deep that it just seems pointless. <laughs> it's, it's, it seems yeah. odd that he, that he gets so many assists. And Twenty assists uh, later, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> actually, he got yeah, he got last year and twenty the year before. Oh my god, it's actually insane. He got 21 the year before last, and he got 18 last year. Good god, <laughs> that's actually incredible. Yeah, I think maybe after the Arsenal game, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to try and f- somehow break the game and put more Man City players in. Um, but we'll, we'll move on with yeah. the agenda because goalkeeper strategy. It's good that you're here, Adam, because you're kind of doing the polar opposite to both me and Simon. Because I've got both the Wolves keepers. Uh, Simon's got the Wolves keeper and, and the random one. So you, you've gone for Edison. Is he? He's in. Is he the second tier of goalkeepers behind De Gea? Yeah, it depends on where you want to make the dividing line. But he's he's a five point five. So basically, so he's, he's basically at that level, you're yeah. looking. Yeah. So basically, at that level, you're looking at him and Allison. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, for me, you know, I would I would have gone with De Gea just because he was a difference maker last year, but United just look awful, let's be honest, in the preseason. So uh, I have, like, zero confidence in them uh, in terms of what they can do uh, going forward. So uh, so Addison was the pick for me. You know, they you think of City as a, as a all-out attacking team, but they put up a lot of clean sheets last year. Uh, it was Ederson's first year in the league. I expect him to do even better. You know, he, he did all that with uh, taking a taking a boot to the face <laughs> from Sadio. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, you know, I think I think he's a solid pick. I think just overall, uh, I expect Man City's defense to be improved uh, from where it was last year because a lot of those guys were new arrivals. So, uh, um, you know, Mendy barely played. Uh, so yeah, so I'm I'm. Betting big on City's defense, and uh, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll stick with you for a sec, Adam. But say if 
another Nick Pope appeared because he was pretty much the bargain of last summer, last um, year, wasn't he? With uh, with Burnley's defence, would you would you change strategy quite quick? Because I was just looking through there. I mean, Pickford got similar points to Edison. Pope got similar points. I mean, De Gea's in a league of his own kind of thing. I mean, Heaton, Heaton the year before, I think he was the highest paid, uh, highest keeper points wise. I mean, would you, would you? Um, not downgrade, but would you go for a cheaper keeper if if you saw early signs of a, a high have, scorer? I had Pope for the majority of last year, and that worked out really yeah. well for me. I think I think the tough thing is, you know, in hindsight, it's easy to pick out those goalkeepers, yeah. but when it's actually when it's actually happening, and you've got a lower table keeper that uh, that you're considering bringing in, and they they've gone on a run of let's say like you know. When, two clean sheets and three Mark or something like that. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's not, you know, you're looking at it a little bit more skeptically at, at early in the season. You just don't know, are they going to continue that run or not? So, um, so yeah, I mean, I just, when you look at the points that the Hay put up last year, I just, I'd expect Ederson to do something similar. And, um, you know, you even have with him and Allison, really, you have the possibility of, uh, of an assist as well, <laughs> you know, the way, the way that Sydney and Liverpool play, I mean, it sort of brings that into the equation. So, uh, so if you could have the occasional goalkeeper assist, then, uh, that would really, really pad the He stick. actually didn't get an assist last year. That's kind of disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But Simon, I'll come to you. Obviously, you've gone for Patricio, who obviously came in with a big reputation to, to Wolves to join the, uh, the Mendes clan. Uh, yeah. Are you are you happy with a cheaper goalkeeper? I mean, there's not many four point that are that are worth getting. No. But um, four point five mil, were you ever tempted to work in De Gea? No, I just never spend big at the back for some reason. I mean, I normally pick a pair of four point fives and rotate them, but I often find that I lost out on a lot of points. I think last year I started with um. Fabianski and somebody else, I had, and I ended I up benching Elliot a lot from, of uh, his points. I had oh, I had Elliot, yeah. yeah. had him for a little while, but then I just actually started to play Fabianski every week, and it worked out a lot better. I actually think he was the third or fourth best last year, which is quite mad. So um, I've just went for one 4.5, and I'm just going to leave him in. For the entirety of 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 this season, I think, and I just think that Wolves look like they might they they have a fairly nice team. They've kind of invested in midfield a fair bit, so I think they could do quite well at the back. Um, and hopefully he'll, he'll get me a nice amount of points, but I wouldn't be expecting like kind of I kind of expect him to maybe end up in the top like. Five or six. Yeah, I think that, I think that's what you're looking for. Quite nice. It? Yeah. It, it, pretty much it's a gamble. Who who finishes closest to? Yeah, the kinda, isn't it really. <laughs> I was kind of between him and Ryan and Fabianski. Mm. Yeah, t- it's those three look like they're kind of the best at that price range, and I don't think there's going to be much between them really. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got Patricio as well. I'm just looking at their fixtures. They've got um, they've got Everton at home, then they've got Leicester away, then Man City at home, which is obviously <laughs> you can hopefully get save points. Saves, save yeah. points <laughs> with that one, but 
not like a five nil bashing. Um, then West Ham away and Burnley at home. Obviously, Burnley are a difficult game, but they don't exactly put three past anyone. And then Man United away. So, who again don't put three past anyone? <laughs> um, but no, Wolves fixture wise doesn't seem too bad of an opening apart from Man City. But you got to play them at some point, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I I think I ended up with the Hering goal, but I was similar to you. I was I was messing about with goalkeepers all that time, and I just went screw it. I'll just put the Hering <laughs> when I had the spare money. Yeah. But uh, I I, I'm I think you. I think the interesting thing with Patricio is that they he they rotate best with Crystal Palace, I think, and and then the problem there is Crystal Palace hasn't really decided who their goalkeeper yeah. is going to be, right? So it makes it a little yeah, dicey. You could take the risk and just. Put in, uh, put in, uh, Spironia four and, and hope that he plays. But I don't think he will. I think they got that guy Eater, haven't they? Who, I yeah. think they got him in January on a, on a Bosman or whatever you call it. But it's weird. I had, um, Angus Gunn, who's obviously just signed for Southampton in one, in one of my drafts, but they have three goalkeepers probably come, I mean, Fraser Forces. A shadow of his former self, but you've three 4.5 goalkeepers. I mean, that alone doesn't exactly, uh, spot a uh, first choice there I mean Ben Foster he, he's normally a safe pick he's now at Watford but uh, Watford's defence isn't that great um, so yeah it's a tough one I think Patricio just stands out because of his reputation more than anything but I think also he, he's definitely going to be number one and I just realised Rudy's still at Wolves so I may have to change my backup goalkeeper <laughs> um, but yeah it's, um, it's, a, it's a weird one um, it's a weird one goalkeeper wise because you, you pretty much have to commit quite early on to either cheap or expensive so it's, uh, I'm, I, I think both work but you just kind of got to commit to it haven't you um, we'll talk on the we'll do we'll do um, Liverpool midfielders um, now it's a, t- it's a tough one we've talked about Salah and him being a must own but Adam coming to you uh, you you have Mane don't you as well yeah I have Mane. The, the deciding factor again for me was just seeing that it certainly appears that he's the penalty taker for Liverpool. So um, if you can add five, six goals to what his normal tally is, then he's up among the top midfield scorers. So, uh, so I just think that that makes sense. And then you know Liverpool are they're scoring so many goals that he's certainly going to be in there with a assist every couple of games as well. So. Uh, so I feel I feel good about Mane, Sane, and and Salah. So uh, uh, I know if, if the, the injury to Milner is interesting in in terms of Naby Keita, right? Because then it's possible that Naby Keita could be like the playmaker for Liverpool if Milner's not in there for a couple of games. So early on, you know, if you're if you're looking to cram another Liverpool player into your midfield, then uh, then he could be one to look out for. Yeah, very true. I mean, Simon, coming to you. I mean, do do you have two midfield? Do you have two Liverpool midfielders? I have Mane as well yeah. and Mo Salah. Yeah, I think I think they are definitely the two. I mean, they're it's quite a large amount of money, but I think they should both score very well, especially if Mane is on penalties and he looked like he he looked very good in in preseason as well. He just looks very much 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 fit and sharp. Um. Kaida as well, if he plays that that kind of number eight ten role, it would definitely be a bargain. But I don't think there's really any other 
options. I mean, maybe Shakiri is is, is, yeah. is a is a punt. I mean, if he plays, I mean, he's not expensive, but I don't like if he could make his way into that midfield three, possibly, um, playing that number ten eight role. Again, it's possible, but we don't really know what he's going to, you know. At the start, so yeah. Chikiri, but if you if you look at yeah. alternatives for Mane, I mean, we've kind of touched on it a, a bit throughout the pod, but in terms of the top end midfielders, most a good few of them were away with or late back with the national teams, and the other ones are Sanchez and Ericsson. and uh, I already have Sane, so he's not an alternative; he's already in my team. So, I mean, you're probably looking at Ericsson, but. God knows what the Spurs team's going to be. And then Mares, don't know if he'll play. Deli Ali's not right. back. Mesut Ozil's cheaper. Bernard, Bernardo Silva. Yeah. Bernardo Silva, maybe. Yeah, I mean, mm. as soon as, around the £9 million mark, you've got David Silva, Mesut Ozil, Mares, Ali. There's not much that's set in stone there. I mean, Ozil's never really been a fantasy asset, has it? I mean, there's that one year where he was getting loads of assists, but I think the last couple of years he's not really been a factor in fantasy for me at all. I mean, I had him in draft and he did all right, but fantasy, FPL-wise, he's just not... He just doesn't do it. Um, maybe when Pogba comes back at 8 mil, you can start... You can reconfigure, because he's cheaper than everyone else, but he's, he won't be back from the international duty yet. So I think, in terms of top-end midfielders, you're looking at... You're looking at Sane, Mane and Salah being pretty much three dead-ons, really, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. can't really yeah. go wrong with them three. I mean, I actually, I can't, I'm trying to find that extra point five to get, to get Mares out for Sane. And mm. um, I just think he's, like he, I think he was in my team and then I needed that point five, but I, I could probably go for like, Someone like Austin instead of Josh King, which is probably as much of a punt, you know. Yeah. To get that point five, but Josh King's it's hard to squeeze it out. Yeah, I don't yeah. really mind ten grade Josh King. Yeah. It's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah, I mean Ozil Ozil's dropped enough. He's at eight point five now. At least he's a consideration. True. True. So, you know, if if Arsenal starts strong, I could see. Yeah, there's there's tons of Arsenal fans out there that'll boost that number. <laughs> probably, uh, yeah. Probably be headed towards nine soon. But um, but yeah, I think I totally agree with you guys. I think Salamane and Sane are the are the strongest. You know, it's, I don't know when Sterling is expected back either. I imagine it's going to be in the next couple of weeks here. But uh, he's priced really high, so. 11 million, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think know if he's going to be worth that price. Yeah, he's not, he's no. not really. He's not really one for FPL now, which is a shame because he was he was quite a good pick last year. But um, we'll we'll move on from that and we'll we'll finish up on the actual fixture previews. I mean, we're near an hour now, so we won't go in depth on it. But just having a look at the uh, the Premier League uh, or the opening fixtures of the Premier League. Simon, I'll start with you. Any of them that catch your eye? I mean, high scoring wise. I mean, clean sheet wise. Anything that's just jumping out at you on the on the page? Um, Fulham Crystal Palace is an interesting one. I think we could see what Fulham are made of mm. there. There could be a possible clean sheet there. Um, there's not. I mean, Watford Brighton. Uh, he's peg Watford on paper to keep a clean sheet, but they've got such a shit defence. It's kind of <laughs> like it seems like. Most of the teams who have a, a not nice fixture on paper, there's a lot of uncertainty about them. Like, um, 
Wolves, Everton, Bournemouth, Bournemouth at home to Cardiff, you know, like these are, that's a nice fixture for Bournemouth, but then they weren't impressive last year, you know. There's always a surprise result with one of the promoted teams, isn't there? Always. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think us playing at home to West Ham has the most potential for, you know, for a match that we could potentially win like three or four mm-hmm. nil, but I mean, we've struggled against, well, West Ham and they have got they have bought some pretty good players. I mean, there's nothing is really stepping out at me too much. It's tough on the first week as well, isn't it? Because I think that match would be yeah. But um, Adam, anyone? I think that match would be Adam. Yeah, for me, for me, outside of the top six, uh, you know, I think the matchup to, to watch is Wolves against Everton, just because those teams are so much of a mystery um, from an FBL standpoint. I think. I think on on Wolves, everybody's wondering. You know, they've sort of like assembled the team over the off season, bringing in all these Portuguese stars, and you know everybody's looking to see how well that's going to hold up. I don't know if Everton are the greatest test in the world, but uh, from their perspective, <laughs> I, I, you know you, you're looking at how they're going to assemble everything as well. Uh, um, Tosin is, is a somebody that people are certainly considering as a forward. You know, you're looking to see what they're going to do at fullbacks. That's been their strength in the past few years. You know, you've always at least considered Coleman and Baines. And uh, now with some of their new additions, you don't know if Coleman and Baines are going to be the starting duo at fullback for them. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, so I think I think that's the one that'll sort of answer a few questions. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it- there's a lot of question marks about Wolves just because I don't have a clue who's going to start for them. <laughs> so I'll agree with that one. I think Wolves will be the one to watch in the uh, in the opening fixtures. Um, but as always, you got you got to look out for Liverpool against West Ham. I don't think that, that's really a nil-nil or anything like that. So that'll be should be all right score-wise. And um, Arsenal v Man City. I mean, again, it's never really bought. Um, so yeah, I mean Arsenal v Man City. I think that'll obviously be the game of the weekend because it's two two big teams. So that'll probably be the most interesting. Um, so I think that'll be game of the weekend just for obvious reasons. But I, li- I like your point there, Adam, about Wolves. Um, but I think that's I think that's it for the podcast first of the season. Um, anything to plug, Adam? Yeah, I'm sure I'll have uh, an article coming out this week. But um, uh, aside from that. Uh, Definitely check out uh, our Rate Down Hate podcast. That's uh, sort of a new addition to the AI Pro platform, and um, uh, we'll be doing that uh, uh, on, I think, Sunday night. Uh, so look forward to that. Good stuff, good stuff. Simon, you been on any uh, movie nights or anything like that recently? Um, not too recently, no. Um, I was on a movie night about a month ago, I think, but um, I would just plug the AI pro uh it's it's on a special offer at the moment so buy it while you can buy it while it's hot and cheap gag and, this um, check is in the mail <laughs> gags thanks for, yeah, I've, I've done my part now where's my money where's my signed shirt my signed yeah mobley shirts in the post it's all good <laughs> no i don't think no it's been a while it's been on a pod actually i think i'm blanking now on it but yeah, yeah i'm gonna i'll have, I'll have sure. to make a rory put you on more uh, yeah. <laughs> um, plugs wise for me, uh, I'll be di- I'll be doing my first face off uh, 
hosting job probably Monday or maybe Sunday, but it'll be out after the West Ham game, um, and then that'll be the new beginning for me. But uh, fantasy-wise, we did our uh, draft um, yesterday, um, so all, all the teams are out there, under, and uh, I tweeted them out in, in a nice fancy graphic that... Gags made me do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's, there's, uh, if you want, if you want to check out how the draft went for us all, uh, do do check out my Twitter. I'll, I'll make it my pinned tweet, and then just follow the thread there. And every everyone's team's there. Just give us a give us a bell. Ask, uh, tell us whose team you like. Who who's who's going to finish top? Who's going to finish bottom? Um, but thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>